This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, and even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week, number 771, brought to you by Macroverse, the next-generation comics and webtoon. Download the app at www.macroverse.com. And iFanboy listeners just like you, who are all doing the right thing out there, taking care of the people through this time, we're pretty close to getting through it, I think. Good job. I keep my hands on myself. Kickstart. 
Welcome to iFanboy Pick of the Week, episode 771. I like sevens. I like sevens mm. in, in sequence, probably because of when I was born. <laughs> My name is... I'm 22777. My name is Josh Flanagan. You know my birthday. And this is Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. It's not hard to figure out his birthday, but I'm going to make it easier to hack him. I don't want to do that. This is the one-year week of the lockdown. And I suspect, we've, we've been making a joke for a while, but this is actually the one-year week. And I suspect that if you go back a year, that show was weird. But I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, was, I felt like it was 10 years ago. I couldn't even tell you what yeah. happened. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was the, this will be a couple of weeks. I suspect it was a nervous show. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This will be a couple of weeks. I never believed that because you send a lot of articles that made me understand, oh, this is, school's not coming back in two and a half weeks. Yeah. No. But here we are, still standing, like Elton John. Or sitting. Yeah. Well, that's true. Because oh, we're tired. Button on my desk. We're iFanboy, and we have to talk about comics. That's what we do. Yeah. Every week we read them, the ones that come out. We don't read all of them, because that would be absurd. Mm-hmm. And then we pick one that we like the best. We call that the pick of the week, which is sometimes absurd. And we talk about the other books. We talk about that one. We will talk about a patron pick. We will answer a listener mail if we have time. We will distract and uh, enjoy ourselves. And then hopefully that will move along to you and a community of, uh, of happiness. Is a selfish endeavor? I mean, obviously, it's, yeah. it's an ego-based... <laughs> We're just trying to help ourselves. It's our own little therapy session every week, and then hopefully, by extension, you. At least we, yeah, at least we understand. Like, well, if you point this outward, it might help some other people too. Exactly. There you go. Uh, there's a spoiler warning. You're going to learn too much about us. So that's your spoiler. <laughs> also, things that happen in the books because we have to talk about them. Connor, you had the pick. I did. This was a week where my pull list kept growing. I think by the end of it, I had 20 books. I started out with like 13 or 14, and then I just kept adding things. And by the end, it was 20 books. So it was a pretty hefty week. And the pick ended up being Wonder Woman 770. Gotta love that original numbering. Written by Michael W. Conrad and Becky Cloonan. Art by Travis Moore. Colors Tamra Bonvillon. I don't know if it's French like that, but that's how I like to say it. That's pretty good. And Pat Brousseau. This is the first issue of the new Infinite Frontier Wonder Woman. So you can see on the cover the new logos for the new Infinite Frontier versions of these characters. Or the new continuity, whatever you want to call it. And... You know, I was, actually wasn't sure if I was originally going to pick this up because I wasn't sure what was going on with Wonder Woman. You know, she's, she was central to the death metal story and therefore the, what was it? What was the name of that stupid future state? I wasn't sure. But then I saw the cover and it was Diana with a bunch of Vikings. I thought, well, that's interesting. And I saw the names of the creators and I really love Travis Moore. He's one of my favorite new artists. He makes everyone really pretty. Which is nice, because it's escapism, and I want everyone to be really pretty. The men and the women. So the story of this is that Diana is, well, she's Marvel adjacent. She's in um, <laughs> the afterlife of Asgard. She's in Valhalla, and she has clearly died, and she is now in the infinite loop of fighting and drinking and banging and feasting. They very clearly said that they did not bang. No, but other, I assume other people are in Valhalla. So that's... Not in this version of DC. <laughs> so... We don't do that. So she has somehow died and woken up in Valhalla, and made, she's made a friend, a very handsome friend with long hair, Sigur. Siggy Piggy, Siggy Piggy. He is introducing her to the life in Valhalla, in which they fight every day in preparation for Ragnarok, and then at night they feast and drink, and other people bang, but not them. Slowly... It starts to dawn on her that, that this is weird, and there's a talking squirrel with a horn who, who's telling her that the world tree, Idrisil, is dying. 
This is basically a Thor comic. Thor even shows up at some point. I mean, my thought was, I was like, that was really a fun read, and I enjoyed it. it had nothing to do with Wonder Woman, but, you know, good issue. <laughs> to me, like, here's the thing with Wonder Woman. I, I'm constantly trying the new Wonder Woman reboots, because I love Wonder Woman as a character. I just hate the Greek gods, <laughs> which is, because well, that, that's hard, because that's Wonder Woman. But, but taking her out of that realm and putting her into the Asgardian realm is interesting, because it's different. You know, it still keeps the idea of her being in the pantheon of the gods, but it puts her in a different, more fun god realm than than just the, the dreary Greek god stuff, which I just don't. Yeah, the care Greek about. gods are kind of a bummer, aren't they? Yeah, these are gods are more fun. These are party gods. The thing is, like, none of these Wonder Woman reboots over the years have given a fun superhero in the DC universe Wonder Woman. None of them. They tried the last one, the very the most recent one with Mariko Tamaki. Where they had her fight next to Lord, and that storyline was just dull and stupid. Yeah, I did not like it. They've tried it, but like it just no one seems to be able to do it. And right. good people, good mm. people have been on this stuff, and it's like the impossible riddle. I'm just trying to think of some, you know, it's like it's like fusion. Mm-hmm. No one can crack it, and so they do this other thing where it's moving over and like, well, let's do mythology stuff. And one of the things that I find really, uh, I'm trying not to say interesting, but I've noticed like. There's some zeitgeisty Norse mythology thing going on right now. And, you know, like there's Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which I was playing a lot until I reached a a game breaking bug. And now I just have to stop until they fix it (laughs) anyway. But like that's all in that. There's the Norse mythology. I can't say Norse mythology. That's oh, wow. That's a fun new speech impediment Mm -hmm. over at Dark Horse. There's obviously the Thor comics. Yeah, There's a lot of Norse. What's going on with that? I can't even relate that. I was like, well, what is that? What's that connected to the world? I don't know, but it's it's evident everywhere now, which is weird. I don't know. The Viking show was very popular for many years. Oh, maybe. Yeah. It just ended a couple, or, or, or I don't know if it actually ended or not. I stopped is this the new thing? Like, after zombies, we're, it's just going to be all Valhalla and shit? I think that's great. So, <laughs> to me, this was just like, wow, this is terrifically fun and interesting and unusual for a Wonder Woman comic. I love the Travis Moore art. I think there's an interesting... You know, mystery here. As she doesn't really belong there. She doesn't have her powers in Valhalla. She tries to fly. She can't fly. She's not strong. It's interesting. And I like what's happening here in terms of, okay, if you're going to reboot and do something interesting and different, this is interesting and different. And I'm looking forward to more of it. And hopefully it, it stays that way. I don't want her to just you know recreate Thor here. And Thor's here in the background and he's much more of your traditional Norse Thor than the comic Thor. Big dumb brute. I don't need him to be a character necessarily, but, you know, this is a different take on Wonder Woman, and I, and I enjoyed it. There was a backup story that was much more YA-focused that I didn't, didn't love as much. Jordi Blair wrote it. Paulina Gana Chow drew it, and it was really well drawn and everything, but wasn't as I think it's, it's interesting to put two things in there that are so sort of have such divergent audiences. Yeah. yeah. Like the kid who's going to read that story isn't the adult yeah i'm gonna say the adult who's gonna read or you know young adult who's gonna read the first part or vice versa and mm-hmm. i think that that's a weird thing like you're gonna read half your wonder woman comic and then give it to your kid i guess like maybe. don't read the first part or go ahead and read the first part but it's weird it is that it means is that that the cute cartoon stuff is really being made for adults like maybe who like that stuff maybe I don't know. Maybe. So, I mean, this is obviously not going to stay this way. She's not going to stay in Asgard with these gods. This is going to be resolved within this arc. But for now, I was like, oh, that's fun. No, this is it, man. Putting her in this situation 
is interesting and different and fun and it looked terrific and I, I laughed a few times it was nice to see her relax a little bit you know she sort of leans into it i'm at the feast i'm gonna arm wrestle this dude i'm gonna sing songs i'm gonna make out with this other dude i'm gonna drink mead it's like she's in a starro thing but her version of it right. she's very happy everything's good she's having a good time even though she knows that things are not right here and she knows that she used to be somebody else with powers and this talking squirrel with the horn is telling her things are screwed up and she's got to save the world tree I was really not expecting this, and I had a really good time reading it. And it was it was a lot of fun. That's the the worry with these reboots. You know, I hated Batman. And I hate that whole reboot. But this has been fun, and they're all coming now. And so it's it's going to be interesting to see what's going on. The way that uh, I guess this is a spoiler, and we'll talk about the Toxplode that will be available when you hear this show. It will actually be behind it. But the way that I understand it now, because I asked directly, this sort of new relaunch or whatever version of dc that we're in now it's like let the books go do the thing in their books yeah on their own and don't worry about all that other stuff uh to it we'll see how long it gets stuck with there's an infinite frontier of stories to tell josh yeah so you know that's that sounds like this is sort of t- this is a good example of that yeah. like we do this book over here i'm not going to worry what batman's doing over there or you know metal whatever right well i had fun with it i didn't mind it I didn't like love it, but Would I you read see more why. Of it? Maybe, maybe. I hadn't really considered it. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I was like, I'll read this for the show because I think it'll make a better conversation, and I kind of enjoyed it. That's as far as I went. So mm-hmm. let's see. We had another Infinite Frontier release this week: Superman Twenty Nine, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, art by Phil Hester, with Eric Gapster on his inks and Hi-Fi and Dave Sharp. So Philip Kennedy Johnson did a really actually terrific, we talked about it while you were gone, uh, Superman issue of Future, not Future, Future State? Fuck, I've already forgotten everything. House of L, it was a one-shot, oversized one-shot, and it was really good about Superman's family in the future. So he's the new writer here. He wrote that Last God fantasy comic that you yeah, talked yeah, about yeah. at one point. I read one or two issues of it and then didn't. Jonathan's back with his father. His father is in the traditional suit. Jonathan's still, for some reason, in the terrible you know, overly designed Superboy costume. I don't mind it because it's not on Superman. No, I, I know, but it's also like, yeah, there's a shot at the beginning. It's the opening two page spread with the title card mm-hmm. on it. And like Superman's all clean and classic and Superboy is just like, he's got all these Listen, things on his arms. And Have you been around kids? <laughs> That's what would happen. That's true. The nineties are back with the kids. So he's like or going just, full nineties. Like, you know, those are his version of tattoo sleeves. So interesting, you know, we talked about Phil Hester. He's been drawing Family Tree over at Image. And he was a big deal in the 2000s with Green Arrow. And we haven't seen much of him, and now he's back and on Superman, which is terrific. I feel like his yeah. art, and it's the same team. I looked it up. It's on Family Tree. It's also Eric Gabster inking him. Oh. And I think the art over there is better. I feel like they smooth, I mean, it's a different... they smooth them out. It's, it's chunkier. It, it feels more like classic... Phil Hester over on Family Tree, it's chunkier, it's heavier inks, it's heavier lines. Here it feels like they've smoothed it out. He's a horror guy mm-hmm. in a bit. I mean, he's a superhero guy too, in the, but a lot of his creator-owned stuff has been horror, and I think that, you know, that's where he fits in. This is like the opposite mission of that. Right. You know, is is the sort of, you know, it's literally Superman. Superman's the character that they tried to make Jack Kirby draw differently for. Yeah. So, you know, you're trying to fit it in there. That said, you know, like, I, I, I really like whenever I see Phil Hester. Oh, no, I didn't dislike just, it. I just thought it was interesting that it was yeah. slightly, like, I don't want to say sanitized version of him, but it was a slightly less Phil Hester-y version of Phil Hester. 
Uh, yeah, slightly, I, I think it, slightly, I think slightly it worked. I just like that we're seeing his art more. Yeah, you know, for, for sure. a while it was pretty. It was it was pretty much everywhere. And and you know, at the early two thousands, that was a pretty big stylized leap to do on a mainstream book when mm-hmm. he did that Kevin Smith Green Arrow book. And then he did um oh, he did Scott Lang. He did the Ant Man. No, not Scott Lang. No. Yeah, Kirkman's Ant Man. Irredeemable Ant Man. Yes, he's a great comic book artist, and to see him on like a Superman book was, was pretty rad. Now. I have a reaction when I see a new Superman or Action Comics issue comes out, and I go, ooh, because I think in my head it's going to be the Superman that I've been reading for the last however many years with Bendis and whatever. And, oh, right. and then like, I was a little into this, and I was like, wait, this isn't that. And I don't know how to feel about it. Well, number one, we just talked about Wonder Woman getting her original numbering back. Why not give Superman his original numbering back? Why are we 29 here? What's the strategy? I want to know. Someone write it and tell us. So, (laughs) I'm very much in mixed feelings about this here. So, the story here is that these aliens come through a portal in space and Superboy and Superman are battling them back. And there's something about these aliens that can harm Superman. And so, they shoot him in the arm and he gets this wound. It doesn't seem to be healing. And he's dying. And Superman's going to die. Yeah. I don't know if... I mean, hopefully that's not actually what's happening because that would be terrible. Well, I, I... Yeah, I know what you mean. And, and it, But, all you know, all comic books are supposed to have that, like, oh, no, he's going to die. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm hoping that's what this is. This is. It's just yeah. hard to know, you know. With what but we don't know. We right. don't know anything, which is, you know, kind of a strength in its way. Mm-hmm. You know, there used to be... Well, you have no idea what's going to happen with any of these books. So there's there's an element of sort of surprise to it of unexpectedness and mystery mm-hmm. and and that's kind of nice because it's so unfamiliar right. but also kind of like oh are you gonna screw it up though so that was the first part and i could have stopped there i could have stopped and not done tales of metropolis bibbo i would have been fine with that oh right i totally forgot about tales of metropolis bibbo sean lewis sammy bossery sammy bossery is a good artist so i don't know what the point of this is it was somebody's going after people that Superman cares about. And so right. they made Bibbo. A lizard man and a busty blonde lady with face tattoos are going after Bibbo. Bibbo, beloved, beloved sporting character in the Superman world in the 90s and 2000s. Who we haven't seen much of lately. Bartender. They got away from that world building, I feel yes. like. Yes. In the Superman world. Bibbo, Superman's number one fan. Bibbo, Bibbo, because Bibbo. Bibbokowski. Say that three times fast. Bibbo Bibbokowski. Bibbo Bibbokowski. Superman's number one fan. Keep going. Famously calls him Superman in the old comics. Does not do that here. Yeah. And that feels like a betrayal of Bibbo Bibbokowski. 100%. As soon as he said Superman and they spelled it in the word balloon, S U P as opposed to S O O or possibly more P's, right. I went. There's no way that this is going to work. And I wasn't wrong. <laughs> I sent you a text. I was like, this isn't okay. <laughs> so, which coming I mean, from honestly, you Honestly, if you're going to do a, you know, if you're going to, you got to do, that's the, that's the whole gimmick. Right. Of the character. That's like. That's his reason yeah. for being. Yes. It literally. Now, I want to say I did enjoy the first story, even if I'm a little weary of where it's going to go. And I'm only weary because yes. I don't know where anything is going with DC. Like, normally I should be like, ooh, this, this is the cliffhanger. How are they going to save Superman? But I don't know. Maybe they're going to kill him. I, I had that thought. I was like, well, maybe, maybe, maybe this is it. Hey, you know, it's drama. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy it. I, I do think Philip Kennedy Johnson seems to have a really good handle on Superman's world. I, that, you should, I, mean, I wouldn't say go back and read it because we're sort of beyond you know, future state now. But the, the House of L comic was really good. So 
I'm looking forward to more from him and Superman. I just want to. I'm just a little hesitant. Also, not a lot happened. It was just a basically a big fight, no. and, then, and then Superman, Superboy went and talked about Coney Ball for a while. Yeah, they went and played catch. Right. They had a catch with pine cones. Listen, he's a, he's alien hybrid. <laughs> he's weird. Yeah. Did you check out the other Infinite Frontier release, Batman: Urban Legends, the Batman anthology book? What do you think? Seventy pages. I assume you did not. Nope. I didn't even see it, and I saw you put it on the list. And I saw Urban Legends, and I thought, oh, this is going to be one of those anthology but books. But here's the like, deal. Yeah. Four stories. Here are the writers. Chip Zdarsky, Stephanie Phillips, Brandon Thomas wrote a terrific Aquaman miniseries for Future State, and Matthew Rosenberg. That's a good lineup. It's a real good lineup. Chip Zdarsky doing a Red Hood story, which was terrific. Really terrific. And I don't really like Red Hood stories. Stephanie Phillips did a Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, sort of sad romance story. Brandon Thomas's Outsiders, I actually really liked it. I was like, oh, Outsiders, I'm not really. But it was actually really, really good. And then Rosenberg doing Grifter. It was super fun. This whole thing was great because of the, the strength That's of the awesome. creative team. Eddie Barrows drove the Chip Zdarsky story, Laura Braga, the Harley Quinn story, Max Dunbar, the Outsider story, and Ryan Benjamin. These are all solid people doing these stories, and they were really good. Because it's urban legends, are they just sort of standalone short stories? No, I mean, they're all they're... part one of whatever. Okay. See, so. so what's interesting is that the cover looks like there's a Secret Files book that I got mm-hmm. when I was young. And it, it oh, yeah, yeah, has the, this the color or, and that yeah. font. The, uh, and logo, yeah, the yeah. Riddler's on the front or something. I, I don't know. And, and that this is what that cover reminds me of. It does. The anchor story is the Red Hood story. That's one of six. The other stories, I think Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, I think was just a one shot. The Outsiders is a three part story. Grifter's a five part story. So it's all various lengths. So is it going to be this book? Yeah. That continues those stories. It's going to be like a Batman anthology regular mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. I, I would really recommend you go back and check it out because the the, 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 the strength right of the creative teams is, is really good. What do you think about Grifter being a part of the Batman? I don't like now? it. And in that story, I mean, I'm trying not to be negative, but it just, it just doesn't, it's kind of dumb. In the beginning of that story, like there's a whole bunch of the Wildstorm characters like fighting in Gotham. And I was like, this is not, this is not okay. <laughs> They don't need to be here. That's yeah. not adding. And it's it's like the dumb ones too. It's like Death Blow and you know they're like they're all fighting Death Mr. Blow. Freeze. And I was like, I don't know about that. Fair enough. I don't think we need to see Grifter fighting Mr. Freeze. I'm happy to get Grifter. Mm-hmm. And I think that Rosenberg's probably a good guy to do Grifter, mm-hmm. but you know, maybe not here. There's a really smart bit where so this is it starts off as a flashback where Grifter's brother is Grifter. You know, that mm-hmm. that's and he was oh. he was Deadeye or whatever he was. And, you know, they both get really badly hurt. His brother actually dies in the fight. But while they're sort of laying there bleeding, you see Superman and Wonder Woman arrive. And they're just blurs. And then they continue to be blurs, like, flying around them. That was kind of a cool way of showing how, as they're sort of laying there, regular people, the blurry heroes are flying around taking care of everything. Right. That was a cool <laughs> device. And then Grifter becomes Grifter. And then he, he's now Lucius Fox's bodyguard. And Lucius Fox is son... And he was also Batwing? No, no, no. Lucius Fox. Morgan Freeman. Right. Okay. He's still around. Lucius's Lucius. son is Batwing and also the next Batman. And I'm not even going to go down this road because I will go off for 25 minutes about how awful this whole thing is. Is his name also Lucius Fox? No, or it's is it a Tim different... Fox and something There's else. There's another Tim. He's calling himself Jace. That's the whole controversy in that book. 
And he, oh, so it's J- so this is Jason and it's Tim. No, let's call him Jason. Yeah, there's still an issue there. <laughs> there's a clarity. Let's call him Duke. Uh, no, listen. Anyway, okay. I'm gonna save my Batman rant for when we talk about a Batman book. I guess I'm gonna have to read it because I'm gonna. I want to have context for when that happens. That deals directly with uh, what's going on. Anyway, uh, let's move on to Rorschach, which I really enjoyed. It was up there for pick of the week for a while. We can talk about this again. Not really sure what's going on here, but really enjoying the ride. I thought this device was great. It's the, the letters back and forth between the, the two, Laura and Steve Ditko. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> we find out a lot about their character through these letters as Columbo keeps investigating the murders. Well, not murders, but their deaths. I thought it was really good and beautifully drawn. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought, you know, like clearly great structure and everything i didn't love it though like i didn't i didn't really enjoy it Mm -hmm. i think it's because i was getting to the point where i think the plot was starting to move forward at least the mystery was being and pretty early on i was like okay i get how they get together and then we had to hang out with them for a bit and it was like i think i did something bad it's like okay it's funny you did something bad it's just it was very paced in in a way that i was like okay i get it i want to move on to i want to know what's happening i don't necessarily want to know these characters better and again that's not something wrong that was done. Mm-hmm. It's just I was less interested. Well, hopefully in we do because at the end, Columbo is knocking on a door, and inside the house is a guy in a Rorschach suit watching the debates. So hopefully something is now about to happen. Yep. Yep. I enjoyed the look back. I think the the Ditko character is really interesting. You know, the exploration of pirates as superheroes in this world is interesting. The yeah. brief look at him in the sort of sweatshop of making comics in the forties. Or 30s is... Victor Fox's studio? I don't know if that's what Steve Ditko did, but... It's interesting. What I always think, though. I love the page where we watched him draw. We went through the whole process of him doing a drawing from the pencils to the inks. Uh, it's an interesting look at comic creation or just creation or, and madness and what have I devoted my life to? <laughs> what, is, what have I done? I really want to know if there's, like, precedent of, like, some young, groupie of Steve Ditko, like, corresponding with him on paper. Like, that would be fascinating. It's not lore or legend I've heard. And then leading to their murder? Well, and then they go on a, an adventure and kill people. <laughs> I don't think Steve Ditko did that. I don't know. Maybe he did. Who knows? He, he was very secretive. He, he was, yeah, I was going to say, he was, he was famously secretive, so that could have been a thing. Mm-hmm. There's some strange, like, conspiracy where it's, like, Jack Cole and the Ditko character and Frank Miller. Yeah, that threw me off. I was like, wait, Frank Miller? (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, my reaction was like, I I don't know what to, I don't know what to do with that information. (laughs) I couldn't, I couldn't like, uh, I couldn't qualify it. I couldn't categorize it. That's kind of, for me, the kind of the fun of this book where I'm just like, wow. All right, cool. (laughs) We're halfway through. I'm hoping this all comes together. But for now, it's just Is it Frank Miller, Frank Miller? I assume so. Yeah. It's the comic world. (laughs) There are a bunch of comic artists sitting around. Yeah. But how come Frank Miller and Jack Cole get to be them, and then Steve Ditko has to be Will Myerson? Because they had Will Myerson kill people, probably. Okay, fair enough. I would assume that. Ditko would be fine with that. He's a, he's a Randian. He's yeah. <laughs> do what you do. What I, you're gonna I do. liked it. A lot. I love the device. As, as a standalone single-issue comic, I really liked the structure of it. I liked, you know, obviously, the Jorge Fornes art and the Dave Stewart colors. You know, it's a great-looking book. Yes. 
I enjoyed the um, single issue experience. Yeah, I can see that. Let's take a minute to talk about our sponsor of this episode, Macroverse, a new next generation comics and webtoon app that is a universe of adventure. When you download the app for the iOS or Android, not only do you get some of the best curated comics around, but you also get to read them using Macroverse's unique tap story format. Thanks to the unique tap story, all the comics in Macroverse are custom crafted for your phone, adding the element of time and a page turn between each tap. This means creators can craft the reading experience to create an immersive experience for humor, jump scares, and ultimately avoid from spoiling the story by scanning the page ahead. And I thought that with the way that the lettering works with that is a really interesting sort of take on, because we're all used to looking at lettering all as a static thing, but mm-hmm. here, like, dialogue pacing and everything works a little differently, making it a little more cinematic. And I thought, that's that's a thing I haven't seen. It's that's almost like when, do you remember when Heroes, the TV show, played with subtitles? Yeah. You know, up until yeah. that point, like, subtitles just came on the screen, and they played with the pacing of them. Yes. It's, it's very similar to that, which I think was smart. I imagine about. that's pretty fun for the creators to be able to, you know, I'm, I'm guessing certain, you know, certain people could really take advantage of something like that. It's another way of controlling the pace and the storytelling. Yeah. Which is good. And it's, it's the way comics would be if they ever invented today. If you love comics, webtoons, you'll love it. Macroverse has comics for everyone, comics for kids, like Rock, Mary Rock, for YA audiences like Glitch and Remind, horror with Dead Town and Dame Yaga, and action like Billy Smoke. Which is a great title. And Anti, <laughs> here are some of our picks from the app that you want to check out. Remind, we talked about it last time. Eisner Award nominated Remind, a Miyazaki-esque tale of a young woman looking for her lost cat but when he washes up on shore of her sleepy coastal town with a head full of stitches and the startling ability to speak and no memory of how he got that way. Her quiet life is forever changed. It's a beautiful looking book. <laughs> it's a strong pitch. Who's that stitched up cat who can talk? <laughs> I want to know more. Dead Town. This series follows Chan, a classic hard-boiled anti-hero as he plies his trade in a world overrun by zombies. Visually inspired by the rich black and white style of Touch of Evil and the Maltese Falcon, Dead Town combines film noir with nom- zombie. I was going to say nombi, which is a whole other, that's noir zombies. Uh, he's invented here. Zombie horror genre in an edgy reimagining of the detective thriller. Nambi, you can take that and run with it in Macroverse. You can put that on your covers. Yeah. The upcoming release of season two of Paul Shear's action comedy, Aliens vs. Parker. This is a unique creator's cut of the Boom series, rewritten and reimagined specifically for Macroverse. It's already out. You can get it right now. And if you want to get on board with the next generation of comics, go download Macroverse today. Available on iOS and Android. You can use our special link to get the app, ifn.by slash Macroverse, or go to ifnway.com. Click on the link in, this, in the post for the show. You'll find the link to Macroverse. With the app, you get multiple series with three episodes. Then it's four ninety nine a month for unlimited access to all the great comics. And they got a ton of them. Check them out at macroverse.com or download the app by going to ifn.by slash macroverse. Thanks to Macroverse for supporting this episode. And go enjoy the next generation of comics with Macroverse. Nambi. Just Nambi. take it. Take it, Macroverse. Trademark it. Use it. Noir zombies. Very nice of you. We had two Spider-Man books this week. Yep, we did. Did you read them? I did. I actually kind of like The Amazing Spider-Man 61, Nick Spencer, Patrick Gleason. I'm going to have to go back and check a look at it because I don't have much memory of it. But I do know that it started with a couple of images from the previous thing that I stopped reading. Right. Yeah, I did like it. It was good. It picked up from the part that I was enjoying. It felt like pre-whatever-the-fuck-that-guy's-name-was story, like, like how the yeah. book was before that. Yes, It exactly. was Kingpin, and it was Boomerang, and it was Nora Winters, and it was J. Jonah Jameson. There was no creepy centipede guy whose name I yep. keep forgetting. Harry Osborn. I liked it. Yeah, I mean, like, I was I was completely sucked in by the all-new, <laughs> new costume, new era. I was like, yeah. sweet, let's do it. And, you know, it was a weird 
sort of the costume is a weird concept i think for spider-man but one that i don't think is entirely inappropriate even though i find it uncomfortable so spider-man's broke yes he can't make the rent even and they try making gog their their little monster pet from the previous issue who broke our heart they tried making gog an instagram star which he is but doesn't lead to any money because that's how it works <laughs> so the stupid online paper that jay Jonah jameson works for with Nora winters gives Spider-Man a lot of money to wear this custom suit that can like live stream his adventures. So he's live streaming his Spider-Man adventures to the world through this suit. And and he's reading out ads. <laughs> and he's reading out <laughs> you undies. <laughs> Which made me laugh. <laughs> I just thought this was fun. I, I thought this was totally a departure from where we've been stuck for the last however long with that last storyline and i thought this was a lot of fun i love how nick spencer is like gonna stick with these characters from the superior foes of spider the head of silvermane is in here <laughs> boomerang's been around the whole time you know i admire that commitment he's like i got these people here and i love them and i'm gonna keep using them and i'm i'm for one i'm fine with it i'm cool yeah. with it i enjoyed it and so it was interesting i was expecting to feel the opposite way like i thought okay i'm not gonna like Amazing Spider-Man. i was like on the fence like you had dropped it i was like maybe i'll just drop yeah. it and then i saw non-stop spider-man number one from joe kelly and chris bocciolo and i thought well that might be super fun because bocciolo is incredible and kelly did a great run on spider-man and yeah i didn't really like it though yeah i mean like it was kind of like you're not gonna be it's gonna pulse but you're gonna move and it was just like all right just let the let the work speak and I think that it delivered what it promised in the way was Chris Bocciolo just drawing this sort of non nonstop, you know, mm-hmm. Spider-Man's moving the whole time. If you look at the pages, other than a couple of them to sort of give you context, you know, they're all flowing in a certain way. And it, it visually definitely does the thing that they're talking about. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I don't know that it really stuck with me in any way. It was like a really cool, abstract concept to sort of look at and, and go through. Right. But not a terribly compelling story. You know, it's, it was a script littered with like pop culture references, which, you know, it's always like, okay, you're going to date the story. <laughs> Those are Bridgerton reference. Yeah, I did. I yeah, like, you're right. And I was like, you're older than me, Joe Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> which means you're not connected. I thought it looked great. I think Bachelot is incredible. We've talked about it before. Sure. Uh, and, you know, the conceit that it's just like, high octane speed-esque stories the action pages all get tilted to the side and okay i like that as an experiment yeah. i like that Make like try. they Give were a shot. yes i think it, like it's an interesting way to you know do something different with the comic book and give it a kind of energy which I, you know i think that gets the creators engaged and it can give you something fun and if you look at it like that it's okay but i wouldn't be like rushing to get the next one. Oh, i know i know what i think that bugged me about it was he starts talking about people as if I should know who they are. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't know who they were. Like, you see, he's referencing characters. Yeah, I was, I was lost. Kelly. Sorry, Kelly. It's like, who's, who's Kelly? I just, he just keeps talking about some, like, supporting characters. So I guess we're supposed to know who they are, but I don't know who they are. Right. He keeps talking about this Kelly person. I don't know who that is. She's uh, the Robin in Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> it just felt like maybe this was taking place in some era of Spider-Man. I don't remember. And that's supposed to know who all these people are he's talking about. He seems to be in college here. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they're referencing characters from that time period. I'm supposed to remember them, but I don't remember them because it was the 60s. Man, Chris Botch looking draw. Anyway. Uh- <laughs> and there was also there was a backup story. A lot of backup stories this week. 
I think that's the thing now. DC's bringing it back with uh, the they're, they're going to try co-features again. This was this featured uh, Baron Zemo taking over control of Hydra again. They needed to pick a lane with how Zemo talks. Yeah. That was I, I there was there was bits of Zemo dialogue where I was like that's that's not right. Oh, he says like he's got like a whole like German arch thing for a little while and then he says, "Quote, wow, just I can't even with this." Yeah. And again, that's yeah. no. No. That's no. Yep, don't do that. No. Now, on the surface, a group of people who are trying to take Hydra to the next generation and they look like a bunch of corporate lunatics and then Zemo comes in and kills them all. Okay. That's a good pitch. Mm-hmm. I'm good with that. <laughs> and so, yeah, I can enjoy it on a certain level. But The panel right before where he says, wow, I can't even with this, was funny. Where he asked the guys, what does Hydra stand for? And no one has the same answer. Working at a corporation, that there's, there's some truth there. Right. You need to nail down your mission statement. And the thing is, normally in a boardroom scenario, you can't just gun everyone down. But here, Zemo can't because he's a Nazi. Yeah, I have to stop talking about this or I'm going to say too much. <laughs> 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 so you read Eternals number three. You were on the fence after I two. Did. This was the one I liked the best oh, because I thought that it introduced an element of humor mm-hmm. and fun. And I think that that's what the book was missing for me. It was just very serious. And if there was humor, it was extremely dry. Now, I'm not saying it has to be slapsticky, mm-hmm. but the concept of Icarus sort of finding this random teenager <laughs> just floating around him. Because he's a how weird angel. that is. <laughs> and then I, I just all of the bits you know, with the way that his mother is dealing with it and everything it was, it was funny. It was unexpected. Yeah. It really is a, it makes you want to like, what is going to happen next? This is, <laughs> this is very strange. So I, I had a revelation here. Cause again, don't know much about the Eternals, but was Cersei from the Roger Stern era Avengers an Eternal? Yep. I didn't know that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's these characters. I mean, you know, it's, I don't know much about the Eternals either other than, that you know, that's Kirby coming back to Marvel and saying, "Oh yeah, you like the new gods that Marvel didn't want to do originally? I did over at DC. Well, I'll do them even better here at at Marvel." And you get this sort of weird thing. They do not have a space vault, Connor. I also like Isad Ribic is great at mm-hmm. all the big sort of fantasy crazy stuff, yeah. but so, so that by contrast makes it really fun to have him like at the breakfast nook. Right. Yeah. Did you read Thor and Loki Double Trouble? I did. I did. How do you not? see a, a Guru Hero book after after the Superman and the Clan book. And well, that's say, exactly why I read it. Mariko yep. Tamaki is the writer. Guru Hero is the artist. And Ariana Mar is the letterer. And this is a YA Superman-Loki team-up tale. Thor. Did I say Superman? Thor you and did Loki. say Superman. 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 Oh, Superman-Loki would be a fun team-up. It's a YA book. And also, it's obviously clearly aimed at people who aren't reading comics every week. So we spend a lot of time introducing who Thor and Loki are to each other and their history. So there's a lot of it like, okay, I know all this. Let's go. But I realize it's not for me. Yeah. And I I actually always, I like the different takes on how, every time there's a comic book of all of them, there's a slightly different take on what their relationship is. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoy the ones where they're not necessarily enemies yet, which is oh, what sure. I think makes the young They're young, they're young here. They're young, yeah. They're yeah. Like teenage, they're not and, like, and like teenagers. You know, they're trying to do the right thing, and they care about each other to a certain extent, but Loki can't help himself, and Thor can't help himself helping him. And, I, you know, that's a, that's a really great dynamic. Yeah. So Loki tricks Thor, because Thor's kind of a dumb oaf, into yeah. stealing a treasure from Odin's vault, and it's a horn, that, and there's a sign that clearly says, do not play this. I mean, that's clearly what the sign says, but Loki does not mm-hmm. respect the sign. He blows on it, and it 
calls out the Midgard Serpent and or his sister Mildred, the Midgard Serpent's sister Mildred. But Guru Hero is incredible. I thought this was yeah. a, this was a beautifully done book. The storytelling is great. The action's great. It does great character work. Or they are incredible, I believe. Is it a group? It's a duo, I think. Uh, it's, a, well. it's a team of folks. All right, well, they, yeah. the collective they. Great job. This is a great looking book. I, I actually had a lot of fun with it. Yep, I did too. I had fun. It's I mean it's why I don't, you said we're not the audience for it, but in the right hands, I bet I bet it would be enjoyed. But you know, skilled comic book art is skilled comic book art, and and you can appreciate that. Yeah, and also the you know the expansion of comics that come out of Wednesday, not just for you, maybe for your kids, but, not your kids, but other people's kids. Yeah, no, no, they might get to it at some point. <laughs> My wife is like, "Are there any comics here on this giant shelf of comics that I can read for them?" And I looked at them all and I was like, "Nope." <laughs> preacher it's, it's a lot of vertigo and and yeah it's uh, no even the marvel and dc stuff is not like oh you don't have the superman nope. smash uh, the clan collection you should get that for them no they should learn about smashing the clan early they should but uh, yeah we're in a corner we haven't been in a corner in a while let's go to star wars corner and i realized when i when i put star wars corner in here i thought god we haven't had war corner for a while i think we need to really work on the corner stuff well we forget that star wars corner was a play on war corner right exactly that was the whole joke originally right yeah that's why there's but a then it then wars. it became a thing i want to talk right now about star wars number 12 before you do that can i talk or... about the terror that i feel looking down the script and realizing i didn't prepare any powers oh sure it's been a long it's week just, and i was like oh shit so now you can talk yeah. about star wars <laughs> see i feel like you're not gonna be paying attention to me now <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I just thought of one. <laughs> okay, Star Wars number 12. What you have here is it's during the Rebellion, mm-hmm. post-Hoth, pre-Jedi, I think. Mm-hmm. So the time in which Han is in Carbonite. Yes. And Lando's off and Luke is off trying to find him. Right. So the deal is that Poe Dameron's parents are here working with the Rebellion. And in the last Martha issue, Dameron and... Martha, Martha and Thomas Dameron. <laughs> 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 also, also, that's Leia's mother's name. So, <laughs> and in the last issue, the uh, Martha Dameron crashed her to save her her whole squadron. She crashed her fighter into a star destroyer, where she is now hi- in hiding in the star destroyer. And then back it, with the rebel fleet, Thomas Dameron is is very upset, and he goes into you know like the window that they look out of at the end of Empire. Yeah. On the command ship, yeah. Yeah, he goes in to, like, look out there, and he finds Leia in there, and she's staring out of it. And, you know, it's like, I come in here to think sometimes. And I was like, oh, that's a nice touch. And, you know, he tells the story of how he met Martha. And we're, we're going with that now because <laughs> okay. it's much easier than looking it up. You know, and it's it's fine. It's a little sweet. And then Leia tells him a story about Han Solo because he's like, so what's with that? Because he's not – and I was like, that's, that's very true. He is. He does, that seems unusual. And she – you know, there's this – sort of short story within a story of them at Echo Base on Hoth and how he would walk around bitching about how cold it was and how much he hated it all the time. And then when some shit went wrong, he saved everybody, you know, at his own risk. And she's like, that's why I like him. And I thought... I, I feel like there's no mystery behind this. The scoundrel with a heart of gold is like yeah, catnip I know, but it was, to every woman I know. It was a really good story example of that thing. And, and I thought... Very much, it didn't contradict anything sure. or ruin anything. It it didn't. It just it was a really nice little bit of of uh you know fan fiction, mm-hmm. but 
you know, that worked really well and it fit with the character. And I was, I was impressed by that. And I think that the art by Ramon Rosanis is that kind of star Wars art that really rides the line perfectly well, mm-hmm. you know, between cartoon and photo. And it was, it was enjoyable. I liked it. Also, I spent, you know, spent some more time on Hoth. I was fine with that. Hoth is awesome. I love images of the interior of that base. And like, there was a bit of like, yeah, it was really hard to keep warm. <laughs> and then the heater broke. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> the nuts and bolts of Star Wars maintenance and upkeep. Oh, that's what I show up that's for every best. time. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. That's the comics we wanted to talk about. But at patreon.com slash ifanboy, the patrons can vote to add a book to the rundown. We call that the patron pick. And this week, the blowout winner. It wasn't even close. It was never close. Carmen number one from Image Comics. Story and art by Guillaume March. Translated to English by Dan Christensen, color assists by Tony Lopez, and the letters for Image Comics by Chromatic Limited. This was a Franco-Belgian original graphic novel that is now being serialized in American comics. That's what the yes. history of this is. I got that sense. I was like, "Well, this ain't American." <laughs> you know what? This is the best Guillaume March art I've seen in ever. Mm-hmm. Ever. Yep. I mean, it's Guillaume March is an extremely talented artist who has a very particular stylized style in American comics, but this is a very different Guillaume March, I thought. What did you think? Yeah. I didn't know what to make of it at first. I mean, from the art, not the story. Yeah, no, I mean, it's really good looking. It's very, like, it's non-American in the sense, like, we're just going to have this naked girl in the comic book the whole time. Mm -hmm. We are still ripe in our puritanicalism in America, and Mm -hmm. so, like, that is an immediate, you know, she's embarrassed about being naked out in the world or whatever. She's not a supermodel. No, no. And, She's a real uh, person with a real body. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know what to make of it yet. I kind of enjoyed it, and uh, but I'm not sure that I enjoyed well, it. Well, the, the strange way. thing about it, and I did enjoy it, but it's un- a little unsatisfying because it's not meant to be read this way. You know, it's sure. it's not created to yeah. be read in 20-page increments. So it's this issue wasn't structured to be an issue. It was structured to be the first 20 pages of a graphic novel that was read all at once or, you know, however, however you read it. So it's not like you got like a satisfying chunk well i i don't mind i think it worked as a cold open in that way i thought what didn't work for me structure wise is that you know i go into things apprehensive mm-hmm. like all right are you going to be wasting my time here or are you going to give me something that that is transcendent you know like those are the, i feel like those are the two extremes that's all there is mm-hmm. and the very first thing you see is this sort of abstract art bit with you know this i don't know if it's poetry but it's you know like this transcendental sort of like thought dialogue going mm-hmm. through here and i thought oh, oh no and then <laughs> you know then you get to a very human scene yeah. of you know it's just 20 years ago and it's a couple of kids and they're, they're trying not to be late for school and actually got a lot done on that page yeah. there's an amazing amount done on that page by the way catalina and zisco yeah and then we go back to this another sort of these pages and i thought please don't do this the whole time and that was the last one of those pages yeah. and then we just got into a story with characters that we're hanging out with and I did have to do a little flipping back and forth, like, wait, who's that kid? Oh, well, it did, it did do a good job with it. Basically, three pages yes. in between the weird metaphysical pages. It was like Catalina and Zisco grew up together. They were kids in elementary school. Ten years later, they're in college. Zisco's dating a woman. Uh, she's jealous of his relationship with Catalina. And then we jump ahead several years later, and it seems like Catalina and Zisco are in a relationship, but he may or may not be cheating on her with her roommate, and in three pages, we get all of that. Like, yeah, it was very elegantly done. It's a lot. Yeah. And then you, you know, we cut forward to this weird, looks like a girl going to a club date, you know, or something. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very clear what she was 
was and then we realized oh it's like there's a supernatural thing going on here she's sort of the grim reaper character she's death but you know very charming mm-hmm. death and when we, we go in we, we see catalina's you know she's naked sitting on the toilet and she slit her wrists right and for a second it seems like she's here to save her you know but that's not what happening is that she's sort of we find out she's sort of living in the plane between life and death and it kind of goes from there we spend some time there that's what that's kind of what happens next and so we don't quite know what's going on but yeah, she takes you know, catalina out into the world and they're invisible unless they touch someone they'll, they'll become visible again this is just the first however many pages of a graphic novel but it seems like this is her taking her into the afterlife because we cut back to the ba- the bathroom and she's still in there floating in the tub full of blood hmm. again haven't not having read the whole thing this is just my assumption maybe yeah. she'll decide to go back but it's a lot of blood in that tub. You know, just as I flip through it, the, the composition, as you're sort of reading through it, you kind of you kind of miss some of it. Mm-hmm. But there's a bit where she comes out of the door and she's in a stairwell and they go down the stairwell, which yeah. is a cutaway of the side of a building. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this girl's naked the whole time, but there's actually not any nudity in this book. Uh, and so there's always... No, there's, there's, there is in the book, but not in this page. Yeah, but but not really. Like it's it's still like just out of focus or off to the side or whatever, and it's it's not explicit it, yeah. in a way. It's very like coy. Yeah, you you feel the embarrassment of it. It's it's, it's like all yes. all of our nightmares, right? Yes, the incredibly common nightmare that most people have of being naked in public. Right. So she can't be seen. She's dead, and she's still covering herself up. You know, while she's outside, like she doesn't, which is which is exactly what it would feel like, by the way. Yeah. You would be like, I, I don't feel comfortable here, even though you know that nobody can see you, which is right. sort of the depth to which we feel that way. It's gorgeous. And I got to say, it's like a very tiny little detail, but they draw her walking around and she has the coloring indicates like a tan line. Yep. And I just I thought that looks great. Like, yeah. you know, it's it's a sexy element, but also just like it's this really subtle thing. that. But it's also real. It. Like, it's like, yes, uh, like I said earlier, she's an attractive young woman, but with a real body. You know, she's yeah. not she doesn't look like a superhero. The lack of tan lines usually like it's like a sexy thing, you know, like yeah. she's but like she's she's a normal person. She's got tan lines. She's, I, I thought the art really worked. Yeah. I mean, but she's like she's real life sexy. Yeah. You sure. know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it's a beautiful drawing, which I think that he's saying something with. And yeah. there's a bit where a, a man walks by. And he picks his nose, and you get like a close up of, I don't know, it's just this little humanity moment. And the, like the nose is very real, and the guy's face almost looks like a Dylan drawing now that I'm looking at it. The more I'm talking about it and looking at it, the more I liked it. Just by right now, and sort of like an experiment. It felt like to me, it, it reminded me of Day Tripper, but without being anything like Day Tripper. Sure. I would love to read this all in one go. Well, I'm, ju- I'm sort of jumping ahead to our sticking with it part. I think I'm going to stick with it. You Can you get this in one? Piece? Probably not in English. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then you've got this. Or you save them all up and read them at once. Or I wait until the image puts out the collection. But I'll probably read the next issue. I do think this is beautiful, and I do think it's interesting, and I do want to know what happens next. Yep. I hope it pays off. I don't know anything about you know the creator enough to know that I know he draws well, and yeah. there's a lot of cool things here. But I like I really I, it's the kind of thing like if this pays off, it will be great. If it doesn't, it will be a huge disappointment. Ratings. 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 Out of five. Four. Four is correct. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Sticking with it. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and then, you know, that's a thank you patron thing. I might have read it. Mm-hmm. I might not have. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. Any free patron can vote. I book the rundown. But if you give it the $5 higher level, you get your own superpower live on the show. Like these four people with very minefield-esque last names this week. Oh, I'm excited. I like, <laughs> I love, I love these kinds of names. Nick Nemphos. Mm-hmm. That was an easy one. Let's, let's go you with got that. the easiest one. Yeah, Nick Nemphos is always paying attention. 
even if he doesn't appear to be paying attention, you never get Nick never gets called out. Like when he was in school, he's like, uh-huh. Nick, you paying attention? He's like, Yeah, the hypotenuse is eight, bitch. Like he's, uh-huh. no, he had a he had an attitude back then. He doesn't he doesn't yeah. act like that anymore. Right. Back or then, he's a teenager, had, they're assholes. Yeah, he had a chip on his yeah. shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like and that was a problem. Uh-huh. But also he worked it out. But he's always paying it. He he doesn't miss a beat. Laser focused. No, well, not necessarily. He could be doing several things. He could he could have his d- divided attention, but he's not going to miss the, the the things that happen. So he's he's taking in all the information, even though he may not be. Yeah, I see. Yeah, he may not uh, outwardly appear to be entirely engaged, but he's not missing anything. Sure, you know, he's, he's taking it all in. Francisco Jaraquai. Jaraqui. 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 Is that a G or a Q? Q. Uh, is it? I think it's a Q. Oh, it's got the. <laughs> it's, it's got the red un, red line under it indicating to me that it's misspelled but that is not it's a q how it's, it's a g it's a g Jerry Jerry yeah francisco i apologize so francisco. sorry francisco francisco can do one rep of an exercise like one push-up mm-hmm. and he will get the benefit of doing the optimal number of reps so one <laughs> one push up, one curl of the bicep, one you know grip strengthener, but it, he gets the, the the physical benefit of doing the optimal number. Okay. So his workouts are real quick, <laughs> and he looks great. He looks great. Heiko or Haiko? Heiko. Mm-hmm. I'm going with Heiko. Mm-hmm. Krushinsky. Krushinsky. I know how to pronounce C Z Y because of our our. Writer Jimsky. Right. So I know that the CZ is a ch, so it's Kruczynski. Heiko Kruczynski mm-hmm. is all double jointed. Everywhere? All the joint. Every joint. Every joint. Every joint is double jointed. I have one double joint. Mm-hmm. I have two. It's my thumbs. And I don't, I haven't figured out a real use for them. I think it helps in guitar playing. But, you know, Heiko said he had a lifetime to think about. Mm-hmm. These double joints can can be helpful. Sure, very very can bend back very far, and toes. Yeah, all of it. Matt Ryuta, 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 Ryuta. Matt Ryuta. I had a power, and it left my oh, brain. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know what it was. Matt Ryuta, like the film Dumbo. Matt Ryuta can increase the size of his ears and then flap them like wings and fly. And then he can make them back to normal size. Hmm. So he can make his ears go big, fly into the air, flappy, 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 land where he wants to go, ears return to normal. The physics of Dumbo are suspect. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a little bit. He has the magic feather. It was not helped by the live-action Tim Burton movie. I didn't see that one. I I haven't seen any of those live-action ones. Yeah. Yeah, I got kids. Feather whatever, feather. whatever excuse we have to get out there. Yeah, it's a magic feather, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Matt's got a magic feather. I don't wow. know. But he he has the ears. And you're supposed to know. I feel like you're supposed to have the answer <laughs> for that part. It's a mystery. That, that's just for me and I, Matt. I, you know what? I think that you're, you're shirking your patron <laughs> power duties. He doesn't have a feather. feather. He just has the ears. They flap and, and yeah. he flies. That's all. These are all mutants. Let's be yeah. honest. <laughs> no wizard showed up. Nick Francisco Heiko. And Matt, thanks for being patrons. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. They went to Patreon.com slash iFanboy. And that's where uh, they supported all these shows that we do. 
and they did it directly because they cared about it. So the, they've un- unlocked Talksplodes, Booksplodes, Mediasplodes, and YouTube content going up there. We have other stretch goals that are going on. Patrons also have the communities that are now flourishing over mm-hmm. on the Facebook group yep. and the patron Discord server. Fun communities. We try to show up where we can, and certainly on Discord. iFinboyDeathreadless.com, where we have eight designs that can be put on T-shirts, sweatshirts, bath mats, phone cases, all those things. There's iFinboy.com slash support where you can just find a PayPal link if you want to support the show, but you don't want to deal with any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And we appreciate everybody who does all those things. You're the best. You're maybe one of the best parts of our lives mm-hmm. for doing that and appreciating what we do so that we don't feel like we're wasting our time here and not just talking to each other to enjoy it, which is fine. But hey, you can go to ifamble.com slash Amazon. You will find a link to Amazon because when you are stuck at the house, there is nothing better than the trucks coming to give you things that were not there before, <laughs> at least until the next day when you're like, why did I buy all Get this? Get that endorphin hit. Get that endorphin hit. Oh my hit. God, it's so good. You will find a link to buy the books on the Booksplode. You will always find a link to the pick of the week on the show page for Amazon. And the music for the show is always on there as well. And that is it. Good job. Let's do one email. Zach C. from Texas. Living in a place where I'm being permitted to dangerously unmask too soon has got me thinking. What are some of the notable examples of secret identities that were revealed too soon? Are there any that should be taken back that haven't? Or are there any that have been taken back but should have remained revealed? I'm only thinking of sort of the biggies, so I don't know. Let's take a step back. I'm very yeah. pro secret identities. I don't know that they're they're out of fashion, but I think they're important to the ethos of comics. I think that's true, but I do like that there are certain heroes who that's just not part of their thing. Yeah, there's a couple. I'm not saying everyone, but like yeah, no, uh, yeah, the Fantastic Four I think shouldn't have secret identities. I like that they yeah. don't. What about Steve Rogers? Steve Rogers is another one. Steve Rogers, Fantastic right. Four. I'm totally fine with them not having secret identities. I think that's, that's totally fine. There was a while that where Wally West didn't have one. And that was stupid. They got rid of that. They're always getting rid of Daredevils and bringing it back. You know, obviously yeah. the whole Superman debacle is it still a debacle? Is that over? Or is is I, that still I don't a thing? Oh, I feel like it must still be a thing. I, I'm guessing it is. they had the cosmic wacky button, so who knows? They could they can really do anything if they want. They could get rid of it if they want. But I don't know. I just think it's part of the deal. I don't know why it's out of fashion, but I think I just think it's a mistake. I think it has a lot to do with the the movies and the fact that faces are in them now, and so that's, that's I think unfortunately that's a problem. I think that's that might be right. Like for instance, I was watching the, the Superman, the new Superman TV show, and there's a point where spoiler warning for that he has to reveal his identity to his kids, Jonathan and Jordan, and he takes his glasses off, and it's that moment that you have to either buy into or not when you're reading comics. Is this man's face changes when he takes his glasses off, and you suddenly he's Superman, and that's to me the magic of comics. And when you lose that bit of wholesome magic, then something is lost in comics. We can't. I think this. I think it's partially the movies, and I think it's partially we're in this era of entertainment where everything has to be real. Mm-hmm. You know that everyone wants everything to make sense and be real and. And it's like, well, he would, I would never not recognize him without his glasses. Yeah, but that's part of the magic and the mystery and the romance of comics. And if you can't get behind that, then I don't know what to tell you. And I think that's we're losing that. The best example of that is Christopher Reeve. Exactly. And it's one of the things, like, you do have to have your suspension of disbelief. But man, the way that his posture and bearing changed when he went from one to the other, mm-hmm. it's just it was such a thing of beauty. And it's a perfect example of what you're talking about that actually the, the comics don't do as well. Because yeah. comics have this thing of drawing Clark Kent as a big strapping, you know, yeah. stud boy. And it's like, well, of course, look at him. Like, but put big frumpy clothes on him. Have I think, him we, stoop, I think have the him. only time I've seen that is in Superman for all seasons when Tim Sale made him like this big kind of oafy dopey guy and then yeah G- gary frank did like a christopher reeve clark yeah. kent 
Yeah. I remember as well. That one and Bruce Wayne are sort of, and Peter Parker. Those yeah. are the ones like, don't fuck with those. Right. I think those need to be there. The Daredevil thing is interesting because I think that the danger of it is part of the character's mystique, but they've gone to the well so many times that it doesn't. It's no more, yeah. It's become part of his mystique that like sometimes everybody knows and sometimes everybody doesn't. We make it forget. And so it's not exciting or interesting anymore. But like there was a time like there was a time where I don't know, killing somebody was, you know, like, oh, and, and there was a time where like them losing their secret identity was a really big deal. But you, you can't kill Gwen Stacy over and over again. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that over and over again, I think. Yeah, and the thing is, like, it's part of the danger of the storytelling, right? It's like mm-hmm. their family and friends, or will they find out, or, you know, trying to desperately keep their identity secret is part of it. And it just, I just... Ugh. If I may counterpoint it, I think that there is a certain element of the storytelling where, like, you don't really want to deal with that all the time. And sure. so you kind of just don't. I think Green Lantern's an example of that. Like, he's got a secret identity. I don't think everybody knows it, but they don't really worry about it so much. Right. You know, like, for the most part, he's kind of a bachelor, and he it doesn't really... He's not hiding or protecting mm-hmm. anybody. Sometimes it comes in and out, you know, but he can have a secret identity and it, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't want that to be his story, but it is a big part of Peter Parker's story. It is a big part of Matt Murdock's story. Yeah, for certain I characters, think. it's more important than others. But I yes. think I just think there's a push to remove all the magic from comics, I think, from certain mm-hmm. ways. And I think that's a mistake. If everything. Everything yeah. has to be explained and yeah. and understood. And the backstory has to be in fan theories and blah, blah, blah. And, and there's not enough you know, of, you know, the Grant Morrison thing, which is just, there's a romance to the fact that the little domino mask will hide your identity or that a pair Mm -hmm. of glasses will hide your identity. I mean, that's just get on the train or don't is my feeling. You go find that. I mean, is it Superman two that he reveals himself to Lois? That's not one. It's two. Yes, it's two. Go find that clip, man, and watch him reveal himself to Lois. And also, like, the idea, like, when well, he in is one, Clark Kent. In one is the one where he, he struggles with it. He wants to. And so he's yeah. that scene where he keeps taking him off and putting him back on and changing his posture oh. while she's in the other room. That's in one. I don't know if that's you know, there's another thing. one of those in, in, in Batman 89. Yeah. When he's trying to explain to Vicky Vale. That's the best. That, you know, <laughs> some people are get up in the morning up. and they have breakfast and they say goodbye. Buy someone and they go somewhere. And how about how much is that not Batman, but also fantastic? Why doesn't Michael Keaton have fifteen Oscars? That's a good question. Anyway, I, I'm very, very, very pro them. Yes. Again, except for like Fantastic Four, Steve Rogers, totally okay. And there's certain characters. It's like marriage. Like I'm anti comic characters getting married and having kids, except for the Fantastic Four and other characters. So for some, they're designed that way, and others, they're not. You know, this yeah. is, to me, is taking away secret identity is a major major character change that shouldn't happen especially for superman i don't understand it i don't understand why they did that at all yeah i mean i I do understand like after 60 70 years like what happens if we do this sure i get that as an experiment and you know it doesn't have to be permanent in comics and and that's okay but that didn't feel like it added a lot to the story it didn't it didn't add anything positive and the thing is they just hit the cosmic wacky buttons theoretically so theoretically they could do away with it now we don't know we just read a superman comic it wasn't a factor so who knows well then the other thing that happens is you end up with this thing afterwards where they try to live their normal lives like he was still going to work as right. clark kent and right. he's like no that's over right yeah. he can't go to the office now like that's not how celebrity works the insurance liability alone yeah yeah no, like no I mean, maybe you can work from home and do it but like the, at that point like nothing he does as a reporter is going to get read or matter or anything. You know, like you can't, you, like, this is a bad example, but like Steven Seagal as a police officer <laughs> doesn't work. 
because he's Steven Seagal. Well, Sha- Shaquille O'Neal is like a deputy. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's not you're not you're not going to be an effective at that thing anymore because everything is overshadowed by it. as much as you might want to be a normal person and do it. Yeah, it wrecks it. Don't work. Shaquille O'Neal should get a secret identity and he should wear glasses and be all hunchy <laughs> and then see if he can get away with being a police officer. Then uh, contact at ifanboy.com. Thanks for writing in Zach from Texas. That was fun. Discussion. That was fun. Yeah. All right. You may remember, if you're a listener who's been hearing my excuses about Toxplodes, I got good news for you. One episode back in the feed from here, so earlier, I mean, provided everything gone the, has gone the way it should, uh, there will be an interview uh, with Joshua Williamson. I have a very difficult time saying the word Joshua, oddly Joshua. enough, because I don't ever call myself that. And Joshua Williamson, who, who you knew from a very long run on Flash of five years, and he's headlining the Infinite Frontier series that is going to be coming out soon and he's also wrapping up birthright uh, which has been one of the rare late image boom books that's actually finishing got all the way through it yeah i talked to josh for about an hour i've known him for a very long time and uh always a good talk uh with him and then next week this week coming up there will be another talks blowed with ibrahim mustafa an artist and now writer, so a sort of full uh, package deal. And he uh, has a series of graphic novels coming out from Humanoids. And the first one is a sci-fi adaptation of The Count of Monte Cristo. And that will be out this upcoming week. And we're going to talk to him then. Great guy. So back-to-back talksplodes. Exciting. Yeah. That one, I will, I will give a shout-out to a longtime listener, uh, Dave Carr. He's like, why don't you talk to Abraham? And I was like, oh, yeah, I know him. That's a really good idea. And it didn't occur to me, so I did. And then I I got to talk to Abraham for the first time. I was very happy about that. He was a breakdancer, a semi-professional breakdancer. So there's a teaser you didn't expect. (laughs) And then later this month, I know we only have like three more weeks in the month, and two of them are talk splodes, but the week after, we should have a media splode, topic unknown. We haven't even talked about it. We don't even know what we're going to be talking about. And then the week after that... Uh, probably, technically speaking, coming out the first day of April will be the uh, Booksplode for this month. And I don't know if we revealed it last week or not, but we're going to talk about Avengers West Coast Vision Quest. John Byrne's first arc on West Coast Avengers. And it's a fairly important vision story, and I'm very excited. Is issues 42 to 50. It's not a super long run, so you can totally get ready for that. The reason I said that you could go find those issues, you could download it, or you could find the collection. Uh, there's a collection on comicsology like that, and the book the book exists uh, as well. Vision yeah. Quest. Vision Quest. And that's coming out later in the month. And then also we have a patron hangout March 20th. So there's a lot going on this month. It's a very busy month. And uh, we thank everyone who listens to all the shows. All those shows are located at ifanboy.com. You can find all of our shows, our vast history of comic book writing and videos and, and all that stuff. is uh, Its home is there. You can like Facebook.com slash iFanboy or follow at iFanboy on Twitter or at iFanboyComics on Instagram. You can keep up with sort of what the pick of the week is. Uh, you can find uh, the best of the week in panels when those are there on Instagram. You can follow us individually at C.S. Kilpatrick and J.A. Flanagan on Instagram. That is as much social media presence as we've allowed ourselves to have at this point. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's the healthiest amount. It's Yeah. You can subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash ifanboy. We, we would like the likes and the subscribes. Uh, and there you will find some, we're going to call them vintage iFanboy video shows. Vintage. Uh, up there. Vintage. 12 years Out of ago. date. 
12 years. We used to say, we used to say, let's make these evergreen, which now, not really possible. No, not, I, yeah, I mean, a lot of them are evergreen, but not of them yes, are not evergreen. more so than this show, certainly. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's the world. That is actually bears out the evergreen shows get way more views than the non-on. So, like, the ones where we talk about just, like, random collections of books or things, people watch those as opposed to, like, an interview at a con from 2008. Yes, absolutely. This past week, there's a new comics preview from a pool in Los Angeles when we were in town to interview Stanley, which is what I consider to be the high point of anything I did with that video show was that day. Yeah, so if you want to see Ron and I f- <laughs> splashing around in a pool talking about new comics, that's the mini for you. <laughs> Ron and Sonia interviewing Mike Allred and more comic book voicemails on the other show. It's funny, you know, these are these are shows from 12 years ago. We, we did produce them, but like, you know, I was preparing the Mike Allred show and I was like, whoa, we did this? I don't remember this. It's a long time ago. I don't remember a lot. Of, I remember a lot of these shows, but I don't remember a lot of these shows. I didn't remember Ron and Sonya interviewing Mike Allred, but they did. <laughs> Finally, if you like the show, please write us a review or leave a star rating on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast aggregator you use. Maybe you don't use Apple Podcasts, but if, if you don't, please uh, consider leaving a rating and a review. It helps people find the show, and that's for any podcast you listen to. It's the least you can do. I'm not calling you out, but, you know, it's the least you can do to help, help your favorite podcast. We do it for all the shows we like. Hopefully you do it for the shows you like. That's a good thing to do. Even better than that, word of mouth, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your kid, tell your letter carrier. I love the phrase letter carrier. It's, it's I don't know, it, it, mailman feels very letter carrier. I think it's a yeah, letter. It's, it's, it's elegant. nice. It's elegant. Well, you want a letter. You don't necessarily want mail. Tell the people who give you your vaccine. You know, while you're getting it, just say, hey, I don't know if you listen to podcasts or not, but check out them coffee. Uh, Do something. And then give them a coffee and a, and, and a recommendation. Or a donkey's cat. You know, you let them pick it out. Maybe they don't want to get them a donkey's cat, 510, you know, whatever. Oh you know, they deserve it. They're working hard out there. That's this week's show, ending on a lovely note like that. And my name is Connor. Mike Sullivan, down <laughs> Dorchester. I'm going to get out of here, kids. Wash your hands. Stay safe. Wear your masks out there. What are you, fucking stupid?